one of the most important elements of building any relationship like that online is is trust and you can't have trust really without seeing somebody or talking to somebody or being able to interact with somebody at some level so really video i see is, is a fuel for that engine so it's one of the most dynamic that's david kilkelly from blinkback a video production company based out of devon in the uk and the brains behind his recent linkedin video creators course where he aims to help business owners learn how to grow their network and generate inquiries with linkedin video so are you using video on linkedin yet should you? Well, keep listening, as in today's episode, we'll be diving back into the world of LinkedIn Video for Business. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where I help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and in this episode, episode 96, we'll be jumping in to LinkedIn as a video platform. And I'm excited for this one as I've really been loving LinkedIn lately, particularly over the last 12 months as the algorithm and therefore the way people are using LinkedIn has changed. And I'm finding a lot more personal enjoyment in connecting and engaging on there and sharing content and yes, video content on LinkedIn too. So let's not forget that a little over 12 months ago, LinkedIn rolled out native video globally across their platform. And since then, it's become a critical video platform to consider as part of an effective online video marketing strategy. Marketing legend Andrew Davis puts it brilliantly when he said, video builds relationships. Relationships build trust. Trust drives revenue. And when we recognize that the key reason for engaging on LinkedIn is about building professional relationships with others that may potentially lead to a business opportunity, then the idea of using video on LinkedIn becomes a pretty simple decision to make. Video, relationship, trust, therefore revenue. And that's what it's all about, right? So my guest today is David Kilkelly. Now, David founded video production and marketing company Blinkback back in 2014 with the aim of helping businesses create and use compelling video content. He has 30 years experience, including 12 years teaching media at a top UK university. And David's approach to business involves a blend of both creative production and educational services. From campaign video for national brands to LinkedIn video support for entrepreneurs and freelancers. And it's this focus on LinkedIn video that prompted me to bring David on the show for you today. So in this episode, David and I will explore the massive opportunity that LinkedIn video provides businesses right now. And we discuss the right mindset to have when creating video for LinkedIn as opposed to other platforms. And David shares his tips for publishing video content natively on LinkedIn for maximum exposure and results. And we explore where we feel the future of LinkedIn is heading over the next few years. So are you ready? Let's jump on in to my interview with David Kilkelly from Blinkback. All right, David, welcome to the show. Awesome to have you here. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Uh, Thanks for inviting me onto your 
video podcast. Yeah, look, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm excited for this chat because as I've established in the introduction there, we're going to focus our conversation today on LinkedIn video and LinkedIn video is going gangbusters right now. I'm sure anyone who's jumped on the platform in the last, uh, in the last few months or even year would have seen some changes and we'll get to that. But before we do, I'd love for you to fill our listeners in on your backstory a little bit. So, so what led you into the world of video and what you do now for your clients? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, um, I, I, think I've just hit my 30th anniversary of using video. So it's, it's hard to remember a time where I didn't use it. I, I, you know, I picked up a camera when I was uh, 12 years old or something and ran around and made goofy movies with my, my mates and then landed up weaving it into various courses at school and, and then went on to college to do media and then landed up teaching media at uh, University of Sussex. So I've kind of been ensconced in it for years. Um, and obviously, it's changed a huge amount in that time. So uh, we've gone from having edit suites on our table, that, you know, the size of a filing cabinet, to being able to do pretty much all of that in something that fits in your pocket. Uh, and I've watched that evolve with great interest over the last 20 or 30 years. Um, and so in 2014, when we wanted a change, we wanted uh, I wanted to get away from university life, which was quite... Um, static and didn't really kind of evolve much um, and my wife and I wanted to change our lifestyle a little bit and come and raise our children somewhere away from the cities we landed up uh, kind of packing all that in and setting up our own video company so we actually moved counties so to a completely different part of the country um, set up a company with no network no understanding of business really and just um kind of went full headlong into that and uh, five years later we're still doing that so um, yeah and that, and, and that company has been mostly about creating video content for uh, for businesses uh, and and entrepreneurs yeah cool so this is this is your company blink back over in the UK and um, yes. so what's the what's the core of what you what you do what type of content are you primarily creating for your clients these days well, one of the, um, I mean, we talked about, I was just talking about how the, uh, the internet has kind of uh, elevated things and pushed things on. And, and, and really, it's, it's social media these days. I mean, that, that's the platform where most brands and businesses can publish and broadcast um, their own stuff, you know, in a way that we just couldn't do 10 years ago. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what's enabled all of these small businesses and medium large businesses to become publishers and to become broadcasters in their own right. So most of the content we produce is either for people's websites or for social media campaigns. Um, and, and that's where it's used and that's where most people watch it as well. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I know listeners of this podcast are on board with this and the, the power of video, particularly in, in digital marketing and social media. What, I mean, for you, what role do you see video playing in the growth of a business today in 2019? In the growth of anyone's business, you mean? Any, any business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay. So if, if you're going to look at the, the opportunities that um, the internet or any kind of online capacity give a business, um, you know, it enables us to step outside of our small local area. It enables us to reach national audiences, you know, global audiences. 
And one of the most important elements of building any relationship like that online is, is trust. And you can't have trust really without, you know, seeing somebody or talking to somebody or being able to interact with somebody at some level. So it, it's, it's a re really video I see is, is, a, is, a, um, is fuel for that engine. So it's one of the most dynamic forms of communication and it's the one that is going to enable us to build trust in the quickest way. And, and when you're talking about doing business online, um, surely that's got to be one of the most important things. I love that. Good answer. Yeah. I mean, trust is such a critical, critical part in doing business. You know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? I'm sure yeah, listeners have heard that before. And when we think about video, particularly in the, the way it's distributed today and the different channels that potentially video can, can feature on every social media platform is a video platform natively yeah, yeah. uploading video to Facebook, to Instagram, to, to Twitter, to, uh, to LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's really interesting because a lot of these social channels didn't start as video platforms at all. I mean, Instagram is a classic photography or image based platform. You know, Twitter didn't have video, even Facebook didn't have video when it started. And one by one, they've all gradually added this component in because they understand how important and how powerful it is. And, you know, Zuckerberg said about eight years ago or something that he just sees the future of social media content as video um, because it's so compelling. And um, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, you mentioned was the last one. So recently, uh, I think 2017, LinkedIn introduced video. So they've been one of the most recent ones to add that in to the platform. And, and, and that's, it does change a platform when they add it in. It does shift it. it. It makes it a different place for content. It attracts different types of producers and creators as well. Yeah. So for, I, I speak to businesses, business owners in particular, people, uh, you know, within my network who I talk about LinkedIn video as being relatively new, but still somewhere that they need to be paying attention to today. And so often I get this look of somewhat surprise, perhaps of LinkedIn, really that, you know, yeah. I can't even remember the last time I logged into my LinkedIn profile. Uh, yeah. So what have you seen change? I mean, really you mentioned 2017. So, I mean, really it's been about a year and a half uh, mm. as far as I am aware that, video has rolled out in LinkedIn, but there's been other changes on the platform too. So what has changed for someone who hasn't been there? Can you just fill us in on what LinkedIn is today? Uh, well, most importantly, I think it was bought by Microsoft um, a couple of years back. So that, that, that's a big change. Obviously, it's got a fresh injection of management and leadership and, and ideas into it. Um, you know, no company is going to pay billions of dollars for something and then just put it on the shelf and leave it. So they, they're investing um, energy into the platform. Um, and I genuinely, for me, it's like my favorite platform by a long, long way, because firstly, it's, uh, it's a, a business platform. It's where I want to go. You know, I, Facebook for me was a place that I always had my family and friends. And I didn't really, when my, when my business contacts started coming into Facebook, I felt that was a little bit clouded. It's like, you know, do I put pictures of kids here? Do I, my kids here? Do I put pictures of my holiday here? Or do I put sort of a blog post here? It's yeah. like, who's reading this? You know, it was always a little bit cloudy for me. That. Um, so LinkedIn is, is a great space for me to just be able to talk about the things that I'm interested in with my business, how to develop things and sharing ideas and all that kind of stuff. And, and I find that the, the audience on LinkedIn is just a really positive audience. You know, they're, they're, 
there's no one's really talking about politics. No one's arguing about religion. It's all just people who are, you know, focused on creating a better, you know, path for themselves, a better business for themselves, whatever they want. And I've, I just see it as a, a very engagement on LinkedIn is really good at the minute. So if I post something now, I'm getting 20, 30, 50, 60 likes, comments, um, video is very strong at the minute. You can get several thousand views. I mean, I did a hundred thousand organic views on LinkedIn last year without paying a penny for it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, starting to use the platform and understand that it's quite a modern platform. I think LinkedIn's reputation is probably quite stuffy sort of, um, uh, platform that's really just focused around uh, employment and sort of uh, CVs and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's become dynamic and it's become a, a place of some great conversation as well recently. Yeah, I think that's the critical shift, isn't it? It's the idea of people, you know, perceive LinkedIn as being a recruitment site or, or you know, for someone to pay attention to when they're looking to, to hire or to be hired. And that's, you know, potentially what it used to be. But now, particularly with it being very much a newsfeed driven platform. So, you know, when you open up the LinkedIn app and particularly on the smartphone, which is what it's like every platform optimized for the handheld device or the smartphone, you are engaged right from the outset with this newsfeed type situation that we're familiar with from Facebook. But where do you see, let's just use Facebook as an example here. Where do you see the distinct differences between the way that people are engaging on LinkedIn versus the way that people typically engage on Facebook within the newsfeed? Um, at the moment, I, obviously, there's a difference in the audience. Uh, it's, an, it's a narrower audience. It's a more focused audience. Um, it's also, at the moment, just a better place for organic reach. I, I think f Facebook had its heyday. It's kind of, you know, five, six years ago, if you put something up on Facebook, you, you get some engagement with it. If, you, if we're talking about business pages here. Mm. There's, a, there's an interesting difference in how um, it, Facebook and LinkedIn are actually quite similar, but have some differences as well so with LinkedIn we have business pages and with Facebook we have business pages and those are the two platforms that allow you to um, do paid promotion so if you want to do an advert or something you have to use those platforms um, both of them are quite difficult to build an audience on um, LinkedIn particularly no one really uses their um, uh, their um, business. business page that much yeah so so but when it, when it comes to personal profiles, there is a difference. So personal profiles on uh, both of those platforms are pretty good for engagement. But obviously your personal profile on Facebook is all sorts of different people. It's, it's you know, your family and your friends and everything. Uh, whereas your personal profile on, on LinkedIn is really just business contacts. But that on LinkedIn, at least, that's the place where engagement's really good at the moment, organic engagement. Um, and I, I just find that, you know, you can build an audience. My, my connections have increased by uh, from, I don't know, 600 a year and a half ago to over 2000 just in the last kind of 18 months or so. So it's a great place for building an audience. It's a great place for, you know, finding clients, talking to the right people, developing relationships. And there's a purpose behind all of that ultimately, isn't there? So, um, you know, I, I, that's for me, it's far more interesting place to be than Facebook. Yeah. So let's go a bit deeper into that. And, and I'm interested in your opinion on who you believe should be publishing on LinkedIn, who should be active on LinkedIn. Is it, is it just the CEOs, the owners or the marketers or, 
or, you know, should a business or brand encourage every one of their, uh, their team, their employees to be publishing on LinkedIn? Um, I, yeah, that's a good question. I, um, so, I mean, creating content takes time. Um, so, you know, you might not necessarily want every member of your team working constantly on blog posts or videos or whatever. That might not be the best strategic use for your whole team. Um, but, you know, if you want to, uh, I mean, every company, I believe, should have some presence on LinkedIn. And by creating content, you're giving, aren't you? You're not constantly sort of, uh, you have something, you have an asset in which to demonstrate your expertise. So uh, I'm a great believer in, as well, when, it, you know, speaking about expertise, that you're not, you're not an expert if you say you're an expert, because everyone can say they're an expert. I also believe you're not an expert if you are actually an expert, <laughs> if that makes okay. sense. You're only, you're only an expert if people understand that you're an expert. Because it's yeah. only when people understand and believe that you're an expert that they're going to invest in you and they're going to, and that you're going to actually be able to exercise some of that expertise. So it's really, really important to demonstrate that expertise. Yeah. So certainly as a business leader, you should be there on LinkedIn doing that. Um, certainly as, a, as an owner of a business, you should be doing that in some regard. I, I'm not arguing that everyone should be doing video. I think video suits some people better than others. Other people might prefer to write, but, 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 but in those kind of key positions, you should definitely be contributing something to the platform to, to demonstrate that expertise. I love that. I love that idea of if you're an expert, but you're an expert in the closet. So no, you're not, you're not sharing yeah. anything. You're not publishing, you're not getting your expertise out there. Then you're not really an expert, right? Even well, if yeah. you have what's expertise. The point of, what's the point of your expertise if no one's using it, if no one wants it, and if no one understands what it is. I love that. So, you know, let's talk about video then. You did mention that you don't believe that everybody should be publishing video on LinkedIn, but what is the opportunity that's available right now? Do you feel when it comes to video on the platform? Um, video is always going to be a succinct way of delivering something. So I think what it forces you to do is to ab abbreviate and to, and to condense. So, you know, we, we'll happily read a long-form blog post article and get some good detail and some stats and stuff out of it. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of evidence to say that, that Google now prefers longer uh, form when it comes to written. But with, with a video, what, what it's asking, what it's challenging you to do through the format, I think, is to kind of condense things down into maybe one idea. So you're talking about something within two or three minutes that people can, and, and that really suits a social platform because, as you just said before, LinkedIn has got this newsfeed um, uh, sort of model, which means that people are dipping in and dipping out. And, and, and because we're all busy kind of professionals, you know, I, I dip into LinkedIn for 10 minutes here and half an hour or 20 minutes there when I've got a gap. And so really short form content in that space is, is quite good um, for sort of conversation, for starting a conversation. And of course, the more, com the more ideas and conversations you can trigger with your video, the better engagement it, it gets. And then the better engagement it gets, the more LinkedIn shows it to other people. So the more people see your post and the better brand engagement you get and the better brand awareness you, people, um, you get. So, so that kind of short form thing that people can to, can dip into and, and consume quickly uh, works really well. And in fact, I've done quite a few videos that have been over five or six minutes on LinkedIn and generally the viewing figures are much, much lower. And then you can do other things like um, put subtitles onto your video, which is quite important. I think I saw you put a post up recently about that. 
Um, you know, yeah, so we, had, people... um, we had Gideon Shalwick from Splashio.com on the show right. uh, a few episodes back in episode 91. So whole mm. episode of the podcast dedicated to captions. So if you haven't mm. gone back to that, go back and listen to that on episode 91. Thanks. Carry on. Go ahead, David. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, that's uh, obviously if, if people have heard that podcast, they'll know the benefits of that. But, you know, a lot of people don't turn the volume up on their devices uh, these days and they're watching on the train or somewhere where they can't listen to it loud or in bed when you're trying to not wake up your partner. <laughs> this is quite often the way early in the morning when I wake up and I want stuff to do. Um, so, you you know, the, all of that is is really powerful. Um, so, and, and that short form content, content uh, allows you to just kind of start those conversations. Yeah, so you've talked, you've mentioned there around shorter form video being where you're seeing success on LinkedIn. But if you were to, uh, just take a moment now just for listeners that haven't really dove into video on the platform. If you are uploading a video natively, in other words, uploading a video directly to the LinkedIn platform, not embedding a video from somewhere else like YouTube, you know, mm. what is, what is the ideal recommended specifications? We don't need to get too technical, but you know, what is the ideal length or duration and you know, what is the right format? 16 by nine widescreen, should it be square? Should it be vertical, round, triangle, whatever? You know, uh, what do you say? I, I don't think people should get too worried about that. I, 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 there's a lot of kind of, um, should I do this? Should I do that? What's the right way to do this? What's the right way to do that? You, you know, you can, you can create a square video. You'll have slightly bigger real estate on the screen. It's going to come, you know, it's going to take up more space on the screen. Um, but if, you know, if you're, if you can't figure out how to make a square video on your phone or your platform, don't let that stop you doing it because it's not that important compared to actually just getting some content out there. So yes, square formats a bit better than, um, widescreen. People are starting to use vertical now. That's also, um, Okay, although I think with LinkedIn, if you use vertical video, the preview window, as you scroll through the feed, only takes, only shows you part of does, that yeah, video. It crops the top so, of the bottom. Yeah, so you've got to be careful maybe with testing things like that. Um, Lengthwise, like I said, anything from, you know, 45 seconds up to two or three minutes is, seems to be a good kind of optimum sort of uh, length from my testing. Other people might find it different. And I think it's really important as well to remember that, you know, you've got different people at different stages in the in the sort of funnel, I suppose, or, or in the relationship that you're building with them. So you might put a video up that's six or eight minutes long and yeah, maybe only a hundred people watch it. But within that hundred people, there might be 20 people who really are getting a lot from that video and watching all of it. Um, unfortunately with LinkedIn, we don't have ways of being able to tell uh, how engaged people are, how much they've watched of the video, certainly not on the personal profile. Um, but, but I, I don't, you know, the, I think you, you have to test and with all marketing, you have to test. You can't just make assumptions about what's going to work or what's not going to work. It's, it's good to have some starting points to kind of work from, but your market is different from somebody else's market and your audience is different from somebody else's audience and they'll respond in different ways. So, you know, by doing it regularly and consistently and 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 then noting and making taking feedback and understanding and looking at the the numbers and the you know and the reactions and the engagement that really helps you then establish what works for you on the platform yeah i think that's really good advice and if we if we go down this rabbit hole a bit further and and 
really explore now what what's the mindset that people should have when they are publishing video on LinkedIn. So I think the temptation potentially is for people to think, well, this is a business to business platform or a business platform. So I can talk about my business. I can flog my stuff. I can pitch my product. I can, you know, tell everyone how awesome what it is that I sell is right. I think that's a temptation. So Mm. what, how do you think people should approach the content and their content plan for LinkedIn. Okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, they, they say there's a kind of a, a wisdom amongst content marketing circles that you should give about 80 or 90% and then you can sell 10 or 20%. So, you know, obviously at some point we have to be, I think, you know, Chris Ducker says you've got to be seen to sell. You know, at some point you've got to be able to say, look, we've got this over here and this is going to help you out or it's valuable to you in some way and you know come and have a look at it but you know if you do that all the time people are just going to switch off really quickly yeah and so you it's going back to that trust thing that if you've given up front for you know a while beforehand and you through that content you've shown people that you know what you're talking about and you understand the situation and the problem that they're facing and you have a real solution for it, then they're far more likely to set up and pay attention when you when you offer a solution for that. So, so content really is about identifying problems and 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 then solu- and showing solutions for them. You know, and and I think if you're going to plan out your content, you need to sit down and break down your knowledge and the, the the challenges that your customers face into really little small little chunks. And then focus your content ideas around around solving those in kind of bite-sized pieces. I love that. Focusing on on solving people's problems or answering questions or providing value before selling. But also I think as you've as you've hit on there, not forgetting to offer the opportunity to buy as well, or to, or as you say, being seen to sell from Chris Ducker there. So I think that's that's really a really important point. Um, as we think about video specifically on the platform uh what value do you see production quality when it comes to video on linkedin because i think you know when we see content on youtube for example there is a huge range of production quality or how the video is actually produced now compare that for example to an instagram story or potentially a facebook live where there's basically little to no production quality, we've got quite a range there of possible production choices when it comes to how we're going to go about LinkedIn. So what do you yeah. think is the way to approach production quality on LinkedIn? Um, I think, uh, yeah, okay. So I, I'd like, if we rewind back to those other examples, you can look at them all individually and kind of understand a little bit more about why that's the case. So certainly with live video, production quality tends to be lower anyway because it's much more off the cuff and, and, and much more about the idea at the moment um, and kind of getting something out quickly. Um, so, and I've heard people talk about live video in a way that it's much easier to do than produced video because you have to think off the top of your head. You can't sit down and start editing and cutting and re-recording and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and live video, of course, is coming with LinkedIn. There's, it's starting to show up on the platform now. But in terms of kind of created content, um, so YouTube's a good example. YouTube was pretty scrappy to start with, you know, like, but you've got to remember that YouTube's over 10 years old now. 
um, and the quality has gone up. So as, as kind of, as the competition has gone up, the quality of the content or the, and the production quality of the content has gone up as well. It's become more competitive. And so those, those people who are not paying attention to those elements have been pushed out ultimately. Um, I think the same will happen with LinkedIn. It's not there at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of mobile phone kind of video and people just kind of doing selfies and, and, and sitting in their car. That seems to be a really common one. People love to broadcast from their car somehow. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that will change. I think that the standard on LinkedIn video is going to increase. Uh, and I think it's really important for people to kind of recognize that and to get ahead of the curve with their skills a little bit. It doesn't have to be like cinema quality. It just, you just have to think a little bit about a bit of lighting, some decent audio, um, cutting it properly so that, so that your message is easy to understand and crafted um, and also reflects the standard of your brand. You know, if, you, if you're a company that takes itself seriously, it's like all of your graphics and your, you know, your brand and your assets, and all the things that you work with, they should be all of a certain standard to show that you know what you're doing. And it's the same with your video content. Um, it, it needs to be good. Um, or as good as you can make it. Yeah, as a as a video producer working with brands and businesses to produce content of a high quality for them, I I certainly agree with what you're saying there. However, it's interesting because as I talk to people about LinkedIn particularly and and video on the platform, I, I get some mixed messages from people, and uh, so I'm interested to hear hear your feedback because for some people they say overproduction on LinkedIn, at least at the moment, potentially takes away that authentic behind the scenes kind of rawness to, you know, sharing an iPhone type video. Um, now, obviously there's a time and a place and there would be certain times where you wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, some people that I've spoken to have lent towards it's better off being real and in the moment and being the real authentic you rather than overproducing something and um and publishing that on linkedin so so where do you see that balance yeah okay i mean that's a good point actually and i, I think you're right that, that that um we are seeing a shift in in how video is used in terms of you know going back to that trust thing or that authentic thing that it's okay particularly in social media because it comes and goes so quickly to produce something that's kind of off the cuff and to use a mobile and to just get the point out so if you're out and you're at an event and you see something and you think of something you know, sometimes you want to grab that moment because, you know, leaving it until you get home and set up your studio and try and communicate it then is, is, is different. And you might lose the energy and the impetus of that point. And I, I understand that. And that, that makes sense. And I would agree with that. I suppose I was uh, talking more about the content that you spend time creating uh, and thinking about and making sure that it's the right message. So, you know, you'd have a mix of content in any feed, I suppose, but the content that you create, I mean, you know, I, I don't, you know, like I try and keep my, my video as authentic as possible, but I still use a decent camera and make sure that the microphone is good so that people can hear me properly. And I still, you know, edit it so that I've, I've not waffling through a lot of that stuff so that the point is punchy and, and I'm not wasting people's time. And I think all of those kind of elements help, help the viewing experience and help people to understand the point. And the other thing about that is that if you do produce that content to a higher standard, you can use it in other places. So if you yeah. want to 
create content that you can use in place of your FAQ or through some of your sales and marketing, um, through email marketing, that kind of thing. You don't really want it to be someone just yabbering on a mobile phone. You want it to be of a certain standard. So if you want to repurpose that content and use it in different ways, then I think it's wiser to have it at a higher standard. Yeah, 100%. I feel I'm with you on that. And I think the important thing to kind of recognize from that is that uh, you kind of need to be aware of the the pace of of how platforms change, you know, like you mentioned it before that we're still early in the world of LinkedIn. And what that means is that it's not saturated with video content yet. So creating any content and getting it created, not letting production quality become a barrier um, is what I would recommend now for people like have some strategy behind it and have a message and something to say, but get Mm. some content on the platform and out there and you you will have an impact. But as the platform gets noisier and what you don't want is a newsfeed on LinkedIn full of people looking straight down their iPhone camera in a badly lit, um, you know, office, you know, so you need to think of ways that your content is going to stand out from the crowd. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, um, what I want to do is to, and you've kind of touched on a few of these things here, but I want to see if I can extract from you here, just maybe your top three tips for thinking, thinking about someone who has never published a video on LinkedIn before. And let's remove all the barriers of production. Let's assume that they have the capability to produce video in even a simple way with their smartphone and some appropriate lighting and just to get it happening. What Mm. tips would you say for someone publishing their first LinkedIn video to make it effective and impactful? Uh, Okay. So, well, I mean, a little bit of, this is a little bit like we were talking about just trying to identify, first of all, your customer's needs or your cust- what your customer really wants to know. I actually, um, a while ago, flung out a question just asking people. I just said, what do you want to know about you know, creating video for, for LinkedIn? And um, I came back with a, a couple of, well, three or four people came back with a, a topic. And, and I turned one of those topics into a quick video. I figured out it's actually a how to do subtitles. So somebody said, how do you do subtitles for LinkedIn? And um, so I put a quick video together and it's been my most popular video. I mean, I think the teaser video for that did 50,000 views in a week. It all went a bit crazy. Um, and then the, the subsequent video that I created for it that I put up on, link, on YouTube is the most popular video that I've got on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. So you know, you know, just asking people can be a really useful way of just figuring out. And that gives you the confidence to create that video because you're not just guessing blindly and hoping. Yeah. You're actually saying in response to somebody's question, this is what I figured out for you. So, and, and you can tag that person and say, thanks very much for the idea. And then it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off your shoulders to, to you know, be the, you know, the conjurer of all of those ideas. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, uh, a second tip would be to just um, take take some time and give yourself some space to create the video so that you're not feeling flustered and 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 also to learn a little bit of editing because because then what that enables you to do is to do lots of different takes until you feel like you've got it right. So you don't have to try and do the whole thing in one go. 
you can do 20 seconds worth of this bit and, and 20 seconds again until you're kind of comfortable you've got it all and then you can really simply just piece it together it, it, it's you can you can get editing apps on your mobile phone that will just able enable you to piece a few clips together and it makes a huge difference to you constructing that piece uh, and then a third tip would be just to um, just to kind of publish it and and to tag a few people and and to not to not kind of think too much about it or to worry too much about it it's it's really it is, it's daunting the first time you put a video of yourself up online if it, if it is the first time because because you feel like everyone's watching you but you've got to remember that um you know you're your harshest critic so you know you're going to look at yourself and you're going to look at the way you look and the way you sound and you're going to criticize it but to everyone else that's just who you are <laughs> you know like they see you all the time uh, you know and that's that's who you are and they, they don't criticize it in the same way that you tend to criticize yourself yeah and for that person when, when they follow your tips there and get that video up on linkedin how would you recommend that they measure the success of that video or, or what measure of success should they be potentially looking for to know whether or not it was worthwhile i guess uh, I, yeah, I suppose you've got to look at your objective. So, um, you know, if your objective is to build your audience up, then, uh, you know, the amount of, so you might be interested in connections. So if that was, if that was your objective, then I would go, I would be looking for a lot of engagement and then I would go through the video post, go through the likes and comments and just connect with those people. And that gives you an opportunity to just grow your audience. Uh, if your objective was um, sales at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, then it might be a bit more structured with that. So that video might be part of a series that eventually leads to a sale. So uh, you've got to really think about what your end goal is. Um, if it's website traffic, then you might have um, a follow-up blog post that explains what you're talking about in the video in a bit more detail. And then you can put that link in the, in the comments. Uh, if you put the link in the main description where you talk about it, it tends to downgrade the, uh, the reach of the video because LinkedIn doesn't like you leaving the platform. So that's a kind of top tip to put the link in the comments. But you know, if, if you want to get people off the site and onto your platform, onto your website, then you might use that content as a sort of a little advert for some longer form content. So you just got to think about what you want to achieve first. Um, whether it's website traffic, bigger audience, sales, whatever it is, and then and then craft the content so that it makes sense for that objective. Yeah, absolutely. It's about getting the strategy right and nailed down before you press record on that video, before you publish it. And then you should have a clear understanding of what metrics you're going to pay attention to. Yeah. Just on and metrics. Things that you can measure as well, you know. Just measure things that you can measure. It's, it's really easy to say, I just want a bigger audience or I want more money or whatever. It's like, well, set a goal. Say, you know, I, I want to, I want to increase things by twenty percent over six months, and if and then, and then you can measure that. Then you can actually say, have I achieved that, or have I not achieved that? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, just before we move on from metrics and and start to wrap up here, um, you mentioned before something that is a bit of a bugbear of mine is the fact that LinkedIn as a video platform has pretty rubbish metrics in comparison to other other platforms. We we can't see retention. In other words, how long someone's watched a video for, at least at this stage, um, as of the time of this recording. But there is some significant metrics, I think, which are exciting for this platform. And that's based on, uh, you know, who has viewed your video and mm. the industry they're in and the job title. Can you just, for our listeners that may be unaware of that, explain some of the data that you can get around engagement on your videos? 
Yeah, that's right. It does give you little reports. I mean, this is the kind of thing that could change over time or they could, you know, sort of improve or take away or whatever. But at the moment, uh, when you publish a video, you do get little reports of who has viewed it via industry and sector. So I'll, I'll get a report up that says, you know, um, people, this many people in the local city Exeter um, viewed this video and this many people in Plymouth viewed it and this percentage of them came from this company or were CEOs or were marketing managers. And, and it doesn't give you, you know, a, a lot of, it doesn't allow you to drill down into that, but it gives you some broad overviews as to, um, as to you know who's viewing that content and also um, profile views. So when you publish content, I mean, I could show you a, a, a graph of my, profile views which uh, which LinkedIn shows you from time to time as well and they they go up and down basically every time I publish a post my profile views are going up by 500 to 1000 percent and then when you don't publish it they dip down again and then they go up so by publishing content more and more people are coming to look at your page so if you optimize your page well you're basically getting kind of free advertising and people are checking you out through that process and then I quite often go and connect with those people as well so I don't, I don't like to connect um, with you know, just randomly on LinkedIn, there's, you know, the, a lot of people just kind of look at an audience and just connects with almost anyone. But anyone who's engaged with my content, I think that's a, a good kind of um, sort of warm, warmish position to start a connection from. So, you know, when people view your profile, when they like your video, when they watch your video, then then you can, you know, connect with them. And that's good for building audience growth. So, so yeah, some of those metrics are really useful in the background to kind of establish who those people are. Yeah, cool. And uh, if LinkedIn is listening, which I'm sure they are, please sort out your metrics. We, we need more data. I think that would be great. Thanks very much. Well, they, they, they do have that on the business pages and it's a little bit like Facebook. I mean, we don't get that many metrics with, with uh, profile video on, on, on Facebook either. And I think that's just the, the way they're going to monetize that system. That, that, they, that you know, They're going to give the details to the people who are paying for it. Um, so that I kind of get that that sort of makes sense although I agree with you I'd love to have some more metrics on the on the on the profile video certainly yeah well as you've said people aren't really seeing value in publishing on their pages um, where whereas they're getting more engagement and value publishing on their their profiles so yeah. I think yeah. the platform needs to catch up potentially hey before we before we move on or basically wrap up here David it's been a great chat but I'd love to just pick your brains a little bit and find out where you think uh, LinkedIn is going as a platform because you know the potential here is they as they make changes and adapt and, and evolve there is the potential for them to go the way of Facebook and and you know basically people are turning off from some of these other platforms because of the way that uh, people are engaging on those platforms and where do you see LinkedIn potentially going whether it be a positive or a, or a negative um, yeah, it's 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 hard to tell, isn't it? On the yeah, on the grand crystal, scheme of things, I, ball, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, I I think um, firstly that LinkedIn has a different model. You have to remember that Facebook is essentially like the free magazine that comes through your door that's full of adverts because that's the only way they can make any money. Um, you know, LinkedIn has a revenue model through its sales navigator packages and through its you know paid services that 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 allow you that allow it to generate income without having to rely too heavily on advertising. And I, th I think one of the things that's putting people off, uh, you know, Facebook a lot is that just the volume of ads 
Um, and, and also, like I said, back at the beginning, it's, you know, my Facebook feed now is just a lot of people complaining about things, you know, worrying about political situations and the state of the world and, you know, sort of environmental issues and all that kind of stuff. And that's, 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 that's one thing to talk about over there, but it's, it doesn't seem to really cross over with the business community. And I, I think on the whole, LinkedIn feels like a more positive platform to me at the moment anyway. Um, so hopefully we'll see more, more of the business community come across from the other platforms. So I, I think LinkedIn is really only, I forget how many people are on LinkedIn at the minute, but it's, it's, it's a few hundred million or something. It's not, it's not a vast amount compared to the other social networks. Yeah. I think it might be 500 um, million of the top. Yeah. Okay. So what's that same as Twitter or a bit less than Twitter maybe, but so, so, but a lot of, a lot of the, you know, if the, if the business community you know, embrace it as their platform. And, and like you said at the beginning, you know, you speak to a lot of business people and they just don't even think about it. They haven't, they just think it's a stuffy old platform. So I think as times change and as, as, as it becomes more, um, you know, well known for being a, a good content platform, then, you know, it'll become bigger, but, but also then the competition is going to become harder on it and it's going to be harder to make a dent on it. So I think now is the time to create your audience and to, and to kind of, you know, get some impact off the platform. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't agree more. Look, I think it's, it is still early days and I think those that are going to capitalize on it uh, are going to take action now and not, and not wait to see what happens. So, so yeah, cool. Thanks very much for your insight there. Um, I know that you have got a, a LinkedIn video course. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how people can find out more about you and maybe learn more from you uh, and, and where they can go to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was finding just last year, I was finding that a lot of people off the back of the content I was producing, a lot of people were coming to ask me things where, hey, you know, what camera did you use? How did you figure out what to say on that? What do you, you know, how did you do, you know, how do you create this video? How do you upload it? All that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, my background is in uh, teaching. I've taught for, you know, 12 or 15 years teaching media. So, and I always wanted to have that educational component in the business. Um, I actually started off doing it at the beginning when we first started and had to put it on the shelf for a bit while we, you know, focused on the local markets to make some some quicker money just to keep the business afloat. Yeah. Um, so, but I've, we've come, so I've, you know, I, I, having you know, recognize that kind of uh, demand for it. I put it all together into a course at the start of this year. So yeah, we've got a, um, just about to launch a LinkedIn video course, which is really about creating content and, and publishing it on LinkedIn. Um, you can find out about that on our website. It's blinkback.co.uk.co.uk and forward slash LinkedIn. And there's uh, some information about the course there. Fantastic. Well, we'll have all the links to that in the show notes page, as well as uh, as well as to David's LinkedIn profile. I'm sure it'd be great yeah. to connect to connect with David on LinkedIn and and see some of his videos, which are which are pretty cool. So it'll it'll, uh, it'll be good for you guys to to see what David's doing on LinkedIn as well. Um, so all the show notes then for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode ninety six. Getting closer to episode one hundred, guys. Can't wait for that in a few weeks' time. Hey, David, it's been awesome having you on. Um, I'm really excited about LinkedIn and uh, I'm spending more and more time even personally just engaging on LinkedIn, even when I'm not publishing my own content on LinkedIn. I just, I'm really excited by the platform. And so this has been a really great conversation for me today and hopefully for our listeners too. So thanks very much. Great. Thanks very much, Ben. It's been great to chat to you too. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. 
All right, all right, there you go. Thanks again to David for joining me for that show. Did you enjoy that chat? Has it inspired you to do more with LinkedIn video for your business? I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of today's episode over at Twitter or Instagram at engage underscore Ben or shoot me an email anytime to podcast at engagevideomarketing.com. I'd love to open a conversation with you and talk more about what you're doing with LinkedIn video right now. Let's chat. And particularly, hey, why not connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you listen to this podcast. Just search for Ben Amos, Engage Video Marketing. You'll find me there and let's connect. And if you've enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet left a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, please do so. I would really appreciate it. It really fires me up and keeps me going with this podcast and I'd love to hear from you. So head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and you'll get the link through to the iTunes store to enable you to leave a review there. So that's it for this week, but next week, I'll actually be back with you and I'm gonna share with you the audio from a live workshop presentation I ran a couple of weeks back at a event called the Sales Boom 2019. Now, this was a really high value, 40 minute packed workshop where I shared with a room full of business owners how to engage better and sell faster with online video. And I can't wait to share the audio with you in next week's episode, episode 97. Yeah, we're leading up to episode 100 in a few weeks time and I can't wait for that. So until then, I'll be back with you next Tuesday and go out there, get onto LinkedIn and do a LinkedIn video in the next week. I challenge you, take care.